Father, thank you that you hear our prayer. Lord, thank you that we can, we can come to your throne and find grace, help in our need. And uh, Lord, you know, in all of these things, whether it's lifting up the students or Lord, praying for comfort or Lord, asking for help uh, because there's no way we can get to a right outcome or or, 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 or get what is needed for the work, for the, for the work that, that you wanna see accomplished in and through our lives. Lord, thank you that we can just lift up our requests. Uh, we can do it in comfort. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be careful uh, and, and full of worry, full of care. Uh, Lord, thank you that you hear us and that you've got it. You've got us and you're gonna work it all out uh, for our good, you're gonna work it out in a way that will show us our need to trust you, to, to walk with you, to be, Lord, you're gonna work it all out to conform us that much more to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for that and give you praise all in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, on Sunday, you know, we, we said let's make some practical application and, and so, so really what we had was some homework for the husbands. And we talked about how in First Peter chapter three, for example, the husbands really love uh, the first six verses, but then the next several verses, they, you know, that's not as important. Or Ephesians five, right? Every husband loves verses 22 and 24. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, the wives need to be subject to their, you know, so they love verses 22 through 24, but, but forget to keep reading and see verses 25 through 33. And your role as a husband is to lay down your wife, loving, caring for, providing for, making sure your wife is thriving. That's the role of a husband. And the example is Christ in the church. Some husbands, verse 21, is not in their Bible or they act like it, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. If, if, if I don't have the capacity, I mean that one to another, uh, that's the church, y'all. And so if I can't submit to my wife, uh, what in the world? I'm not being a good brother, okay? Yeah, it, it, uh, man, I mean success or fail in the Miles house, uh, that's on me. But if it's all on Cheryl, that she has to do what I say, the way I say it, when I say it, how I say it, uh, we'd be in so much trouble. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times my wife has saved my bacon over the years. You know, we need to, whatever it is, X, Y, Z, and Cheryl's like, you forgot about ABC. I was like, oh yeah. Uh, there, there are areas in my, in my life that I just, honey, if you could just take care of that, you know I'll just mess it up anyway, and whatever you say goes. Man, praise the Lord. Uh, have you ever read Proverbs 31? I mean. That's what you want, brother. You want someone that you can trust your life to. That's what you want. Submitting yourselves one to another. And so we talked about how that got messed up in Genesis chapter three. Um, I didn't bring it up. Thought we needed to talk about it tonight. We actually looked at this several years ago, uh, but repetition is the price of learning, and as long as I'm around, I'm gonna put you in remembrance of some things. Though you already know them, I'm gonna keep putting you in remembrance until you or I make the grave, okay? Or till the rapture. But Paul says the same thing to the church at Colossae. Colossians chapter three, verses 18 and 19. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And all the men said, 
Careful, careful. I mean, just don't say it with gusto, right? What you want to do, okay. I should have coached you up front. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, brothers. I let you down. What you want to do is, okay, yes, it's the word of God. It needs an amen. But it needs to be one of those like super humble, like, like uh, hum, humble, but woo uh, you know, like, amen, pastor. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's some gravity. There's some seriousness. It's not like we're relishing. Okay, what does, what does God's word say? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And, and then the dudes want to quit reading right there because that's the part we, oh, what's the next phrase say? As it is fit in the Lord. So wives, your husbands say it's submit, but it's not fit in the Lord. You better watch out. You're accountable to God over how things roll in your family. So your husband, if he's gonna lead you into disaster in a way that is destructive, that is mocking God, uh, that's not fit in the Lord. In other words, the, I always use the ridiculous example. Your husband walks up to you, sis, and says, money's a little tight. I think I need you to put on your red dress and go work the street corner and make some money for, for our family. That's not fit in the Lord. Uh, honey, you can take that idea and shove it uh, wherever. Okay. As it is fit in the Lord. Okay, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives. And here it is. And be not bitter against them. Okay, so you want to get this down. Bitterness develops when you feel like other people have wronged you and there's no way to get it right. You've wronged me. This isn't going to get right. And now bitterness begins to grow in my heart against you. It's when God's people think that they haven't received what they deserve. Bitterness can sprout. It's the result of unaddressed anger. What you did, how you rolled, the way you carried yourself, did not meet my expectations and now I'm angry with you and that anger soon leads to a frustration that results in this little seed that starts growing. Uh, this little pocket, this little, this little infection of bitterness begins to swell and begins to grow. In the, in the husband-wife relationship, God has to command the men to not be bitter against their wives. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Why? Well, because she's not going to meet your expectation. Stereotypically, we like to frame it the other way around. You know, the wives are getting bitter and angry because their husbands aren't meeting their expectation. And especially in modern, particularly in Western civilization, particularly in American culture, the husband, the American husband is a buffoon and he does nothing right. And that's what you see in TV shows, you see in commercials. The husband is always the house idiot and he can't, meet anybody's expectations. And so we usually like to think in terms of it being the other way around, but it's really not. Our wives are, by nature, much more loving and forgiving than the the guys are. So wifey doesn't meet expectation, and the temptation of the husband is to get bitter against his wife. And, And it may not even be legitimate. Something that she did years ago before she ever even met you or knew you, and you're upset about it. Uh, something that she did by omission or by accident. She didn't actually mean to hurt you. She didn't mean to say that in a way that hurt your sensitive widow feelings. Uh, you know, <laughs> like that wasn't her intent. She didn't mean to drop the ball or let you down or whatever the thing is, but oh yeah, now you're taking it personal and you're not forgiving and then this little seed of bitterness grows because wife didn't meet my expectations and now, you know, I gotta get even. 
Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. The, 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 the shortcomings or the mistakes that your wife makes, those aren't betrayals against you. But that's how men will perceive it. My wife did this and I feel betrayed, said the hypocrite. <laughs> See, bitterness, this is a big problem. Everybody fails to meet I mean, if you're gonna actually have a real relationship, that means you gotta work out junk because everybody drops the ball on everyone. Everybody fails to meet everybody else's expectations. If you're new to this church, okay, and you just started coming, keep coming and watch. Eventually, I will get around to not meeting your expectations. Eventually, I will, it'll be like, it'll, uh, like I'm a prophet. You're like, Sam said this would happen. I won't meet your expectations and there'll be something that you'll be frustrated with me over. If the relationship is real, we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna work it out, amen? That's what you have to do. If you can't work out problems, you can't have a real relationship and it's always gonna end in failure. You have to be willing to do the hard work. If you don't, bitterness grows in your heart and it doesn't just mess you up, it messes up everybody connected to you so Hebrews talks about the problem of bitterness. Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. God's grace is there for any problem that you'll ever face in your entire life. So don't fail of the grace of God. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Well, what does that look like? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Whenever you allow bitterness against your wife, your brother, your sister, uh, your, 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 your ministry leader, your disciple, or your pastor, whatever, it doesn't just jack you up, it messes up the people that you're connected to because you're mad, angry, and frustrated. You're a bitter person, and that's how you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna treat people. If you're a bitter brother, bitter sister, you're gonna treat people in a bitter way and the Bible says it defiles many. And then it gives an example. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. The bitterness that was in his heart, and we'll see this in just a second. The bitter, actually, just go ahead and turn your Bible to Genesis 27. The bitterness that was in Esau's heart so messed him up that he could not get what was rightfully his birthright. And then you read the prophecy against Edom in your Old Testament. Uh, there's some homework for some, some Bible student. Go, go, go check out what happens to Edom. So you look at the story. When God calls out the problem of bitterness, he references Esau, and then surprise, surprise, this is the passage of first mention of bitterness. This is the first time the, the concept of being bitter shows up in your Bible. And in Genesis 27, verses 30 through 41, you get the story. Jacob just got done stealing his father's blessing and the inheritance. I mean, he, he bought the inheritance of the firstborn from his brother Esau with a bowl of chili. But he gets the blessing of the firstborn and then he leaves out and Esau comes to get that same blessing. And Isaac, I, I mean, dad's like, who are you? 
And he says, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. Now watch this, verse 33. And Isaac trembled exceeding, very exceedingly, and said, who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten, uh, all, eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding, there's the word, bitter cry. Immediately, he's bitter over his circumstance. He's bitter against his brother. He's bitter over the lack of blessing in his life. He says to his father, bless me, even me also, O father, O my father. And then dad tells him how Jacob came and tricked him and, and he got his birthright and, and, um, and so Esau's upset, you know, he's, he's taken away my blessing, don't you have a blessing for me? And, and um, Isaac says, hey, he's got the family now and, and so look down at this, verse 38. Esau said unto his father, hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also. Oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. So Isaac gives him what he can in terms of a blessing. He can't give him the blessing of the firstborn, the birthright blessing. So the Bible gives us Esau's response. Look at verse 41. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father at hand. This old man is about to kick the bucket. And there'll be a period of mourning over the loss. We'll do that as a family. And then look at what's in his heart already. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So this, I think, was building for a while. When he realized he had sold, he had sold out his birthright for a bowl of chili. It probably started there. Then will I slay my brother. Who does that sound like? You ever read 1 John chapter 3, verse 12? Remember Cain, who was of that wicked one, the one who murders his little brother? Um, man, this is, this is the, I mean, bitterness is the habitation for the spirit of Antichrist. Do you see that? I mean, that's what this looks like. Bitterness against my brethren looks just like Cain who is of that wicked one because it, I mean, man, when it, all, when it has its way, it's a, bitterness is a killer, isn't it? See, when we hold a grudge or we're bitter toward another person, what we're really saying is this, you're not valuable enough for me to care about working this out with. You don't matter enough for me to get this right with you. You don't matter enough, you're not valuable enough for me to make sure that I keep your heart and that we keep this relationship. Literally, you come to the place where you're saying, I don't want you in my life. That is the end result of bitterness. Do you see how it looks like murder? Cain, who was of that wicked one, what did he do? Little brother, I don't want you in my life. How can, how can any of us throw away anyone that Christ bought for us with his blood? I mean, aren't we all brethren in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? We're brothers and sisters. God has made us part of the household of faith. The person sitting next to you, the person that you re you've refused to talk to for the last six months across the other side of the room, you make sure strategically you're sitting as far away from them as possible. That's somebody that Jesus bought for you with his blood. No, he bought him for himself. That's God's child. Yeah, that's God's child, and you despise him so much you don't want him in your life. Cain, 
Esau. Pastor, call me names tonight. It's not fair. It's not real. It's real harsh. <laughs> well, okay, just don't stop. Don't be a Cain. Don't be an Esau. Don't, be, don't, don't act like you're of your father the devil and fulfill his lust. Well, you don't understand what my wife did. It was really bad. Again, said the hypocrite. Everybody fails to meet everybody else's expectations. Well, I'm pretty sure she did it on purpose. Well, you, <laughs> you know you did too. You did some things on purpose because you were mad or you were frustrated. If, my, if the creator of heaven and earth, who when he shows up as Messiah, should have had the entirety of creation on their face before him, instead we rose up and we butchered our creator and if he could take that and he could take our wrong upon himself, Colossians 2 says, nailed it to his tree. And you know what he said in the Gospels? Our sin is imputed to him. It's nailed to the tree. It's being mortified, literally. <laughs> He's being put to death. He says, Father, forgive them. And he's saying this about the people who are butchering him. On, oh, yeah, it was my sin that put him on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. If the creator can do that for us, come on. You can forgive your wife and not be bitter against her, right? You can humble yourself and say, you know, you did this and it really hurt me. I don't wanna be bitter. I want you. <laughs> I don't wanna be, I, I don't want this to be a rupture in our relationship. I want you. Husbands, have the wisdom of the Lord to seek the heart of your wife, the life of your wife. Do it as unto the Lord. Hebrews 12.5 says, look, be diligent. Play heads up ball. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Let me just tell you, every divorce ultimately ends because the wife, the husband doesn't have her heart. And there was, a, there was a series of events that took place and he lost that heart. I think God wired your wife so that you can get it back, but it's gonna take you humbling yourself, right? It's gonna take you small in yourself and saying, uh, Here's how I've been rolling. Here's how I want to identify how it's, I want to identify it biblically. Here's how that's wrong. That was sin. I'm repenting of that. Honey, forgive me. Because I don't want this thing between us. I don't want this thing separating us anymore. I'm dying to that. I'm mortifying that. I don't want this thing rupturing our relationship. I want you. Does your wife know that your heart yearns on her? That you, well, she doesn't if you're bitter against her. Keep reading in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're out of time, I'll, I'll leave this with you. Just keep reading in Hebrews chapter 12 and what you're gonna find is the, 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 the reason we have to take verse 15 seriously is the example of how God's people got messed up even while Moses was on the mount. Moses is on the mount, he sees the earth quaking and so he says, I exceedingly Fear and quake. Like, this mountain is doing the hippie hippie shake and it's freaking me out. 
I exceed, like he, he was in fear for his life. I exceedingly fear and quake. And then it just keeps going. It says today, I mean, like, like the application would be, we're, we're living bitter before a God who will one day not just shake the earth, but will shake heaven and the earth. And that doesn't make you exceedingly quake. I'm gonna despise my wife and not exceedingly fear and quake before the Lord. Hebrews 12 ends this way, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let's have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Oh, I'm saved by grace, God's grace through faith. I, I get that. I can come boldly to the throne of grace, find help in a time of need. I get all of that. At the end of the day, our God is a consuming fire and he's watching how you're treating your wife. And to think, I can treat her in a cavalier way that demeans and diminishes her because I'm bitter against her and not tremble before the Lord at the wickedness of that. (laughs) That spirit of Cain, that spirit of Esau, that spirit of Antichrist, I'm exhibiting that toward my wife, oh my goodness. Uh, brothers, uh, there's somebody here I'm calling on you to, 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 to repent. <laughs> there's someone here tonight that I'm calling on to decide. I'm gonna love my wife. I'm not gonna be bitter against her. Bitterness is not Christian. James 3.11 says, does the, does, does the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? You, again, you don't understand what she did. Father, forgive her. She didn't know what she did. First Peter 3, 7, likewise your husband dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. You can't say my wife is getting what she deserves. She's getting my scorn and derision because she earned that. And then also say, I've got a right relationship with the Lord. Nope. God is saying, when you pray to him, he's saying, talk to the hand, you hypocrite. Is this making sense, brothers? Um, And so wives, the the prayer for you is that the grace of God would be upon you that uh, you'd make it easier for your husbands. (laughs) The Lord give you grace. Um, Your husband, he's made out of dirt, okay? Sometimes he's gonna smell like it. Sometimes he's gonna act like it. Be quick to forgive, amen? Amen. Some of you need to go home tonight and uh, you need to reaffirm your love for each other. You need to make sure that you have each other's heart. You need to make sure that that you own uh, the the stupid that you perpetrated. Um, It's always hard for me, you know, anytime I make a mistake with Cheryl it's always hard because of the natural male pride. I don't want to admit I was wrong. I don't want to admit I made a mistake. I don't want to admit, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm freaking smart, I'm right all the time. That's like the default position of a man. Um, brother, you want to, let's, let's, let's trust God for the grace to die to that and to small ourselves, amen? Uh, to humble ourselves because if you're right and you lose your wife, well, what, what good did that do you, <laughs> you know? Uh, you can be right all day long, but if, if in that you lose your wife's heart, uh, 
Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Being right didn't serve you well, did it? Uh, Father, I pray for my brothers. I pray for your grace over their life. Lord, help us to humble ourselves before you, before one another. Lord, there are brothers and sisters in this room that need to humble themselves before one another. God, we pray that, that not one of us would feel confident and comfortable about the Holy Spirit being grieved over our relationships. God, bitterness is such a defiling thing. Lord, help us to forgive, and, and Lord, some things don't even have to be forgiven. We can just bear them. Lord, give us the grace to bear, uh, to forbear one another in so many different areas of our life. And then, Lord, I, I pray particularly for husbands and wives. Lord, help the husbands not to be bitter against the wives. Lord, help the husbands to be wise, to, to go after the hearts of their wives, um, to, to, for us to small ourselves, for us to humble ourselves and, and uh, make sure that our wives know that we can win the world. Uh, we can get that job, that promotion, we can get that business deal, we can get that whatever it is, the house, the car, the whatever, whatever it is that we think that uh, w- would, would bring some form of happiness in the world, but then to, to have that, to reach that milestone or get, get to the place where you've achieved that objective and uh, the wife is not at his side. Uh, that's ruin and that's loss. Uh, Lord, help us to see the treasure that we have in our wives. Lord, I thank you for, for Christ. I thank you for his willingness to see us as a treasure and to be willing to, to, to give everything uh, that we might be at his side for eternity. Lord, thank you that he didn't get bitter against us as sinners. Uh, Lord, he forgave and he cleansed us. He washed us in the water of his word. Lord, I thank you for the day that that we're presented to Christ as the church, the bride of Christ, without any spot or blemish, all to your glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen.